I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, we talk about how to discern if something is your purpose. Jenna, did you know that they just did a study and North Koreans scored highest in mathematics around the world this year? No. Yeah, they, it was particularly in geometry because they have a supreme ruler. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 54. So good to have you with us. Um, let's do our peak pit plug. Do you want to share yours, Jen? Yes. My peak is pumpkins. It's pumpkin season. I know. So excited. <laughs> I love pumpkins. They're pumpkins! Just, they're just, it's like a typical, I don't know, there's pumpkins. So I already have pumpkins at my door and it just makes me happy. Um, and Trader Joe's, they're two ninety nine. Shout out to Trader Joe's. They're great. Anyways, so. <laughs> we are not sponsored. Hey. But if you're from Trader Joe's and interested, <laughs> hit us up at Man of Food for Thought on Insta. The Insta. Uh, my <laughs> junk is I can't put pants on. My joys and my junks today are really entertaining. Uh, my peaks and my pits. I mean, I can't put pants on because I can't bend over because I'm pregnant and it's first. Um, also, shoes. Yeah, let me tell you, today in the studio is real weird. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jenna is wearing I have pants. pants. She is wearing pants. It takes me a little bit longer. <laughs> um, I just want to clear up any confusion <laughs> as to if people thought you're phoning in. I guess or... I didn't say I. I said I can't put pants on. It is difficult to. It is difficult to put pants on. Um, and then my plug is there is a lovely mother on um, Instagram. I think her Instagram is Shan Trip. Shannon Trip. Just look up Shannon Trip. Um, she is a yeah Shan Trip. With two P's. She's an R um, an RM, so a registered nurse. And she's got some really awesome content on her Instagram about um, like children choking and what to do mm. and talking about fevers, like just anything to do with health and kids. She is um, really, really, really educated in that. And she's kind of made her Instagram her platform for educating mothers and parents on a lot of different stuff. And it's really cool to see um her repost parents that have talked about how her instagram stories have saved um their kid from choking and oh, how wow. like the kid will be choking but because they watched her little walkthrough of um how to do like the heimlich or whatnot um for the for whatever age it's saved their child so she's wow. a really really cool instagram to follow if you have kids or if you babysit nice yeah um, my peak is I was on a retreat with all my fellow Life Teen Area contacts in Georgia last week, and it was just much needed. Um, great, great community time, and also just a really great retreat. Um, <clears throat> my pit was that I had to fly to get there, and my flying anxiety has been growing as I've been getting older, so I've been trying to do some things to um, get get over that, but um, still not super fun. Um but my plug um, this week is something I found out. I'd heard about this before, but I had seen it for the first time while I was on retreat. Um, the Bible Project on YouTube. Have you ever seen any of those videos? 
They're like these really cool animated videos that walk you through like each book of the Bible. No. It is, it's a non-denominational resource. So there's the seven extra books um, or additional books in the Old Testament that we have because we use the Greek translation of the Old Testament as Catholics. Um, They don't have videos on those or they might have supplemental ones, but I think they, they have, it's really extensive and really, really cool information. So obviously some interpretations aren't going to be um, um, as valid, but to give you an idea of like structure and context and like what the main themes are of a book, especially if you're doing like a Bible study or trying to dive into scripture, it's a really great thing to watch. And all the videos I think are like under 10 minutes. That's cool. Um, yeah. And if they have longer ones, they'll break it up into two videos. So, um, yeah, check out the Bible project on YouTube. So, yeah. So today, uh, episode 54, we're talking about something that um, is fully stolen from my spiritual director, um, something that he said to me in spiritual direction, and some elaborations on that are going to be from uh, things that I heard on my uh, area contact retreat, so giving full credit to my spiritual director, Father Tim Donovan. Um, if you want a good uh, podcast to listen to, look up um, Home or Faith and Family Meet. That's his podcast with homilies and different um, categories catechism uh, workshops that he's doing uh, and things like that um, that he records and puts on there um, with his co-host Pam who's also wonderful Um, and then uh, full shout outs also to Doug Took who's um, affiliated with Life Teen and with ODB Films um, because a lot of this comes from uh, from them so all of this stemmed from something that my spiritual director said to me at my last spiritual direction session i don't know what they're called i was gonna say rendezvous but that sounded weird that's weird um, and he said um jesus never fulfilled his potential but he fulfilled his purpose so i'm gonna say that again jesus never fulfilled his potential but he fulfilled his purpose and i think that's a really good thing for us to remember because jesus could have come and done anything and everything he could have encountered face-to-face every person in the known world, healed them of their infirmities. He could have been limitless in the things that he chose to do, the way he chose to bring his divine power and healing and grace into people's lives, but he didn't. He didn't go down all these different avenues and open opportunities. Um, He just fulfilled his purpose. Um, And I think that is something that is important for us to remember because in a world with that's like full of technology, Um, When we're more um, interconnected or have the possibility of being more interconnected than ever, even though technology sometimes prevents us from doing that, um, you know, in deep ways, we have all these opportunities at our fingertips um, on a given day. And it's really easy for us to over discern or over invest ourselves in all these different avenues of life, ministry, jobs, you know, um, projects, whatever it may be. Um, because we find that we have the potential to do it, but we don't ask ourselves, is this my purpose? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, I think it's, um, I don't know. I know a few people that just, they, they want to be the best at everything or they, Mm -hmm. they think that they can do everything because they have that potential to do that. So they'll pick up whatever, any kind of instrument and want to be the best at that instrument mm-hmm. or um, a sport or writing or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and it's good to have things that you enjoy doing, but you do need to realize, yeah, you can have the potential to mm-hmm. be the best at all of those. But like you said, 
Um, is that your purpose? And then you start filling up your time with things that um, maybe God isn't really truly calling you to, but it's a desire or a, not even a desire because God puts desires on our heart, but um, the humility is lacking, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's that pride that t- kind of takes over to want to be the best at everything when we can because uh, there's plenty of YouTube videos that teach you how to do everything and yeah. classes and, and whatnot. And you can fill your time to do that and to maybe succeed in that area. But is that actually truly what um, God is calling you to? Yeah. I think the question too to ask yourself is like, who's being glorified if I go down this path? Mm, yeah. You know, like is this... The desire to be the best at anything is all about glorifying yourself. Yeah. That's all. That's the only place that comes from. But the people I know who truly glorify God humbly, they're really, really good at doing that at pretty much like one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and they're really good at it. And yeah, little other things that they're interested in or that they're talented at, they all come together to support that. But they're not like doing 18 different things, you know, all at the same time. You know, they're all oriented toward this one purpose. And all of our purpose essentially is to glorify God and to bring that glory to God through whatever unique mission in life that he's called us to by using our own unique gifts and talents to, you know, lend people's ears, attention, inspiration to praise and worship of God. And so um, to think about that, like who is being served, who's being glorified? in the different desires that you have. Is this something you want to do to be seen, to be affirmed by other people? Because then it's probably not something that God would want you to do. And even if it is a talent that he gave you, he probably doesn't want you to use it in that way because you're using it for yourself and you're not using it for him. Um, This is something that we see played out in scripture. Um, It says in, um, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, many are the plans of the human heart, but it is the decision of the Lord that endures. Many are the plans of the human heart. We want to do a lot of different things, but it's the decision of the Lord that endures. When we pursue the Lord, we make that decision, or when God intervenes in such a way that it's clear that, like, this is my purpose, that is the thing that endures. Everything else, I think, just ends up stressing us out or making us feel unvalidated, like we're not getting enough followers or affirmation quickly enough, Mm -hmm. and it can be very overwhelming. And in the book of Proverbs, the next chapter, uh, chapter 20, verse 5, elaborates on this further. uh, The intention of the human heart is deep water, but the intelligent draw it forth. So we have a lot of things that are on our heart that we want to do, a lot of things that... um, that we personally want to do to glorify ourselves, a lot of things that God has placed there, um, desires that will glorify him, a lot of things that have taken root out of temptation or things that the devil has whispered in our ear. And that's a very deep place. Like, And I like how it says deep water because the, the bottom of deep water is not like flat and easy to navigate. Like there's all these chasms and crags and crevices you know like on the bottom of deep water and that's kind of like our hearts like there's it's hard to navigate when we're trying to accomplish all these things but then it says the intelligent draw it forth and the gift of knowledge is one of the gifts of the holy spirit when we know god and we have the wisdom of living that knowledge through experience we'll be able to discern better is this something i want or is this something that god wants mm-hmm. my dad always used to say um that he knew a little about a lot or yeah a little about a lot mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah. sorry my brain will just like <laughs> wait what am i saying that right um because you, you prepositions. <laughs> you do like when when you um when you live this life you 
learn a little about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But there will always be that one thing that God has um, given you, like a talent, that you're going to know a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really trying to seek that out. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to learn different things and discover new things and um, see if maybe this avenue is where God is calling you. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it is it is through that the discernment process and asking God, like, is this where you're leading me or is this something that is just going to be um, a waste of my time and my effort and exhaust me? Because that's the other side of this is that when we try and do too much, it's going to exhaust us and it's going to deplete us and not truly fill us up in the way that we need to be filled. Um, and the things that God is calling us to be doing will fill us because it's... Um, what he's created us and our purpose, like you said. Yeah. I think it all comes back to that why question. You know, and there is such thing as like positive peer pressure in in, in this sense. So like your why might be a little distorted initially. So for instance, sure. like um, if you surround yourself with holy people, you might start doing things that holy people do out of positive peer pressure to kind of belong to the group. However, at some point you really need to ask that why question. Like, am I doing this still because of these other people? Or if I realized in the process of doing this, like, oh, no, this is what I was made for, you know. So a a small example of that is like I'm not a big reader. Um, I like listening to podcasts and things like that. But a lot of the people around me and a lot of people that I know and respect and admire, especially lately, have been talking about books or encouraging spiritual reading. And it's just not something that comes naturally to me. I mean, I can read and I can read actually very fast. Um, I took speed reading in college. But I had read so for so many years just for research or for school and not for enjoyment that yeah. it's like hard to get that motivation, you know? And so the positive peer pressure though was like, okay, maybe maybe pick up one book out of that stack of like 40 books that you're like, oh, I really should read that mm-hmm. and start diving into it. And then once I started reading it pretty quickly in, it was like, okay, I'm not just doing this anymore because I think I'm supposed to. Like I'm really enjoying this book and I'm actually getting stuff from it. And if I wasn't enjoying it and not getting anything from it, then I should put it down and try something else, you know. But to to recognize, like, you don't need to have, like, this is wholly, purely God's, you know, purpose for my life. There's zero bias whatsoever because it's probably never going to be that way. But to constantly be discerning in that small way, like, is this something that I'm doing to glorify God? Is this something I'm continuing to do? for other people, for myself, or for God, ultimately, am I seeing fruitfulness from it? Um, In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, it says, We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And so that's like that positive peer pressure idea. Like, even if I don't feel necessarily like this is my particular purpose right now, if it is for our good, if it is something that's calling us to be better people, to be more oriented toward good in this way that God sees goodness as like developing our spiritual life, our holiness, you know, making us better humans, then it might be something for me to investigate. And if I, as I go down it, I find it's turning inward or turning toward, you know, trying to get closer to another person, but not closer to God, then maybe I'm distorting that desire that I have or distorting that purpose. And I should set that aside and find something that's more oriented toward focusing me on God. Um, and so I don't know what that looks like in your life as you're listening to this, but you probably have a lot of things before you, a lot of decisions you can make, maybe even a lot of big choices that you have to make right now. And this question just really has been sitting with me because it helps just kind of put aside all the things that don't really matter and ask me like, really, what is my purpose? What is, if I had to, 
if there had to be one thing that I was remembered for, what would I want it to be? Mm -hmm. And would I want that thing to be remembered because it was about me or because it was about the Lord? Um, How can I best glorify him in the things that are before me and the talents that I have? Um, And not only is this something that God is calling us to, this is something that God did himself. When Jesus came, um, I came across this great worksheet that I've been looking for for years because it used to be in my old office up on the wall. Um, But it's, uh, a summary of all the times. It's from a book, I think, um, When Jesus Said No by Reverend George Niederauer. I don't know if it's a book or an article or a homily or something, but someone made this worksheet of all these times in scripture where Jesus said no. And I think that's something good for us to remember because we like to be yes people. We like mm-hmm. to please other people. Um, and it's we feel like bad saying no to people. We don't want to be disappointing. We don't want to be excluded. We don't want to get fired. But if it's not something that you're supposed to be doing. It's not in your job description. If it's not something that you would enjoy, say no. Because anytime you're saying no, you're saying yes to something else. You're allowing your time to be spent doing something different. So I want to point out a few times where Jesus does this. Because um, sometimes he says no, or sometimes he says it's not the time. And in fact, you'll see that all over scripture. Like, um, it is not the time. My hour has not yet come. He says that a lot over and over again in his public ministry. So at the beginning of his... his what was that word? Um, at the beginning of his public ministry, um, in Mark chapter 1, Jesus has just cured um, the demoniac and Simon, uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So he's starting his public ministry. He's done a couple amazing things. And it says this in Mark chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 35. Rising very early before dawn, Jesus left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus told them, let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. And what's interesting is at this time, like Jesus, Jesus was a rabbi and he started to travel around. That was not common for rabbis. Like they had their local synagogue. They were not itinerant. They stayed there. That was where they ministered. Jesus decided to say no in a pretty bold way and say like, no, I'm not going to do what other people did. Um, I'm going to go somewhere else, even though there's a lot more that I could do here and there's excitement about it, I still have other things to do. God's calling me somewhere else. And so he says no, and he leaves. And he goes to the nearby villages and continues his public ministry. And so even if something is good, um, if it's really not something that should be consuming your time right now, um, it's something you might need to say no to. So for instance, for Jenna and I as parents, Mm -hmm. and Jenna expecting now her second baby, like there's going to be a lot of things that are good that are brought before us as parents. But we have to weigh that against like, well, what's our purpose primarily in our vocation to our spouses and to our family? That's our, our most definitive yes, our most definitive purpose. Um, I have to continue to say yes to that. Mm-hmm. And even though this thing coming before me is good, a good opportunity, or maybe a good thing that I might be gifted at, if it's not practical or smart for me to do this because it's going to make me less present to my commitment to my family, then I need to say, my hour has not yet come. This is not the time. No, right now. I need to be doing this instead. I think our um, consumer society has really, really, really affected that piece of um, how we operate. Because mm-hmm. the when anything good comes at us in the consumer world, we're taught to say yes to it mm-hmm. and to consume it and to use it. Um, and to buy it and to whatnot. So I think when it comes to how we operate in our daily lives, that makes 
it really, really hard because our automatic desire is to say yes to whatever's in front of us that looks good. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything that God created is good. Now, he didn't, like, tell us to consume all of it at once, right? Um, Everything has its time, like you said. And so for us to really assess that and, and recognize that is really important because... You first of all, you can't consume everything at once. It, you would explode. Yeah, um, <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Um, but it it's more harmful to you than anything. Just like you said, just in the example of being parents, if we were to say yes to everything good that came at us, um, our family would fall apart. Yeah, and so it's it's extremely hard to do, and it's extremely hard to train yourself to do because <clears throat> FOMO. Um, yeah. It was real, and I feel like we talk about it all the time, but it's just a reality. Um, and we have to just become accustomed to that and know that it's okay. And um, that what is in front of you is good, but what God is going to give you is so much better, too. Yeah. And when you say no, that no means a yes to something so much greater. Yeah. And to remember, when we say yes to things, we're saying no to something else. And so if something comes before yeah. us that's good and we say yes to it, we have to recognize this is no to extra time that I would have with my family yeah. or free time or time at work or whatever it might be. <clears throat> so it goes both ways. Um, another time Jesus does this in, is in Luke chapter 12, um, verse 13. Um, he's I think he's preaching in Jerusalem, but he's, he's been um, preaching um, for a while. And then someone comes up to him and says, teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. But Jesus replies, man, who appointed me as judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So Jesus sees this thing coming at him, sees that it's it's clearly there's um, an agenda here and he doesn't even address it. He doesn't even say yes or no. He's like, who am I to do like this has nothing to do with me. Um, and so I think that goes back to that, that intention. I think I talked about this recently on the podcast, but an exercise called the five whys. Anytime you have a desire for something, ask why five times, each why related to the last thing. So for instance, you want the latest thing. You saw it on a commercial. Okay. First why? why do I want this? Well, it's really cool. Uh, okay. Why do I want this? Because it's cool. Well, maybe I want it because I want people to see that I'm cool. Well, why do I want people to see that I'm cool? Well, I want attention from other people. Why do I want attention from other people? Uh, probably because I'm misplacing my desire for affection and affinity um, and placing that in other people. Why am I doing that? Probably because there's something going on in my relationship with God. And so if you dig deeper and you ask five whys for any time you have a desire, every time you want to make a choice, um, that really, really helps um, to discern that. Um, we did an episode on discernment. It's one of our early episodes. You can go back and listen to that where we talk about the four doors as well, how to make decisions. Um, is this good or is it bad? Meaning, is it something that the church teaches or not, you know, as is good or bad for me to, to do? Is it open or is it closed? Is it wise or unwise? Meaning, is it practical for where I'm at in my life right now, financially, time-wise, family-wise? And do I want it or do I not want it? And if the answer to any of those is no, like it's closed, it's bad, it's unwise, or I don't want it, then you really have to pray reflectively um, and ask, like, is this really my purpose right now? Um, But if all of them are yes, it's pretty clear that God is probably calling you to make that decision. Um, And so go back and listen to that episode because there's a lot more that we talk about about discernment in that episode. one last highlight um, from, uh, from Jesus is in John chapter 6. Um, so Jesus has just multiplied the loaves and the fishes. 
Um, and people keep coming to him and he knows that they're coming to him because they're, they're, they want food. Like they're like, oh, you did that before. Um, but they're not coming to him for what he's really there for, for healing, for transformation, for anything like that. Um, and so he ends up um, rebuking them and he continues on with the bread of life discourse. He says, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And so I think this is important to remember um, when we're asking that question, is this my purpose? Is this just something that like I did before and it felt good and I want that feeling? I want to coast on that like sense of affirmation, that sense of like congratulation to always be kind of checking our humility Mm -hmm. and ask like, is this something where I just want my fill again? Like I want to do selfishly because... I'm good at it or people pay attention to it or they congratulate me with it or it's it's easy you know but really all those decisions we make occupy our time and we have to ask ourselves like is this something I'm supposed to be doing so what does this look like what does this mean for us Um, a couple things that um, suggestions help us look at our lives and determine what should we be doing Um, so a you have so many opportunities in your life today to really recognize you don't have to say yes to all of them. Um, there was this thing that Doug took shared on our retreat um, was um, how we hated the word balance because every, everyone talks about like, how do I keep things in balance? And if you think about the reality of that, like if I'm holding everything in my life and I'm balancing it, one small gust of wind, one small you know motion in one direction or, or another, the whole structure that's balancing on itself is going to crumble, mm-hmm. right? You've probably, if you've ever played Jenga or you've ever tried to build like a tower <laughs> or anything like that, yeah. you know this. Like one, if you've ever done like a minute to win it challenge, where you, especially the one where you have to like balance four things of chapstick on top of each other with chopsticks, you know? Um, the anxiety. <laughs> yeah. It's just one little motion in the wrong direction, the whole thing crumbles. And so instead of balance, think about the word harmony. Is everything working in harmony toward itself? Uh, so for instance, imagine you have a bunch of streamers tied to your body and you're walking into um, a fan blowing at you and you're trying to hold all these streamers in your hand and they're all blowing up against your body. They're all You're going against the wind or you're trying to go in all these different directions and some of them are ripping, some of them are flying off of you. Sometimes all you need to do is just turn around and let the wind take you and all the streamers are blowing in the, in the same direction. You know, it's the difference between being like a, a stone or a sail. Someone said that at a meeting I was at yesterday. Um, are you just kind of stuck right where you are and like not budging no matter what chaos is happening because you just need to balance everything that's going on in your life right now? Or are you going to be a sail? Are you going to turn the direction of the spirit and let it take you and let everything kind of go in that general harmonious direction? Is everything orienting toward one purpose in harmony? Like music, are all the notes working together to make a sweet sound? Uh, or is one out of place? It's not that everything is hanging in this, this, um, this um, what's the word, very uh, sensitive or delicate balance that one thing goes astray of one bad day and it all falls apart. It's like, no, everything is working toward the same thing. Uh, and so if there's one structural flaw or this or that, it's still going to be standing. You know, It's still going to be fine because everything's working toward a common goal. So think about your life in terms of that. Not about balancing everything, but is everything what that you're doing right now oriented toward a common purpose and goal? With... Um... Our family, my family, Tony and Tony and I, we were discovering that my job was not bringing harmony um, 
to our lives because it just, it was so, it was kind of all over the place. Um, it, it made it really difficult to raise a family, uh, let alone have a relationship, a marriage. Mm-hmm. And so being in this new season of life of where I'm staying at home, um, there's been so many things that have just fallen back into place mm-hmm. and been very harmonious. <clears throat> and so that you can, it's really, really difficult to discover what needs to be done when you are sinking like that mm-hmm. because it feels very frantic, just like the image of the fan and the streamers. Um, it's really hard to think clearly when you're in that moment. But then when things start to turn, um, it's easier to kind of catch that wind yeah. and start moving with it. And so sometimes that means that somebody needs to give you that nudge and that's where the, the close community um, that can kind of help you question and discern things really comes into play because when we're in things, um, it's hard to see. And like the, the stupid example that I think of is when I was in high school and I was dating the wrong guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like silly stuff like that, but that can make <clears throat> that harmony of your life just fall apart. Um, and when you have people in your life that speak truth, they can really, really help you discern, am I moving uh, against the wind or with the wind, like you said? Yeah. So. That's a, it all fits together. Like, do all my relationships, do my community, do they help me, support me mm-hmm. in that um, journey toward my purpose? Mm-hmm. Are they building me up? Are they encouraging me? Are they challenging me in good ways? Or are they dragging me down? Are they pulling me in these different directions? And so, yeah, I think a lot of this is in retrospect, but I think the things you yeah. can pay attention to in your present moment are what are the choices that are in front of me? What are the desires that I have behind those choices and asking those why questions to determine is this good or is this selfish? And, um, oh shoot, I just lost the other one. Well, I guess you're never going to know. You're going to just be on the edge of your seat. Um, It'll come back to me. Um, So to determine also um, if if this is something that is a priority for you in your life, I think is also something um, to discern. Is this something that... um, if I were to reduce my life down to one, two, or three focuses, priorities, all pointing toward that common goal of serving God and glorifying Him in the vocation that He's called me to and the way that He's called me to right now, um, is that something that I should be doing? Here's the thing I forgot, is that um, the other thing to pay attention to and your priorities in discerning will help this is the tensions in your life, like Jenna was saying. Oh, sure. If there's something that's welling up that like, this isn't working, something about my schedule or something about our financial situation or something about how I feel not at peace or at rest when I'm in this place or doing this thing, yeah. pay attention to those tensions and assess, like, is this something that I really should be doing? And if I feel like it is, why? Is it my why or is it God's why? Uh, And really um, pay attention to that. And then I think when it comes to discernment, again, go back and listen to that discernment episode. It's one of our first, I think, five or six episodes that we did. Um, But one of the quotes that was shared on retreat is a quote from Francis Chan, who's a non-denominational pastor, I believe, who does a lot of ecumenical work. Um, And he said something in in one of his writings or one of his sermons along the lines of, um, a lot of us spend a lot of time over discerning and will um, use discernment as an excuse not to act uh, or not to, you know, like make a decision. And so we'd be much more served uh, and much more enlivened by the Holy Spirit if we discerned what does God want me to do in the next 10 minutes versus what does God want me to do a year from now. You know, set goals, 
but recognize they're going to change because you're going to you're going to be learning God's purpose for your life and that's going to change as you go as you develop as you settle into your vocation as you go through seasons of change in family life and work life that purpose is going to shift in how it's realized in your life the ultimate mission of that purpose obviously serving God and glorifying him is is going to stay the same but the how that looks in your life is going to change as you go through life but discerning you know what do I what can I do right now in the next 10 minutes um, one of my personal rules when it comes to, like organization is if if I can do it in five minutes, do it right now, or less than five minutes, do it right now. Um, and so that kind of has to deal with this discernment. Like you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling anxious, stressed, there's a lot of things on your plate right now. Just ask yourself, what can I do in the next ten minutes? What is it, what is my purpose for these next ten minutes? Do I need to rest for ten minutes so I actually am focused for the rest of my day, so I'm not turning people away from the Lord by being a jerk, but I actually can like recharge or eat some food or re-energize. If I have 18 things on my to-do list for this coming week, what's the first thing that needs to get done? What's my first deadline, my first commitment? Um, What are little things I can take off that list that I can do in these next 10 minutes? That way I can focus on the bigger picture for the rest of the day. Um, Whatever that is, it can kind of bring everything into perspective and to not help us... um, to help us not to worry and be anxious as much because when we're worrying and we're anxious, it's always because we're looking too far into the future Mm -hmm. and we're thinking about today's details and we're applying them to nine months or a year from now or two years from now. And we're expecting like, okay, our life is going to probably look like this. How are we going to do that? Making the money we make right now. And the answer is going to be like, you're not because God's going to provide in a way then that he's not providing now because that's not happening right now. And so just to be present and focused on this moment, God has provided everything you need to function and to achieve your purpose today in this present moment. And so if you're experiencing tension in that, ask why. Pay attention to that because maybe you are doing things more that you just have the potential for, but that aren't your purpose. If, you're, if you want a lot of things and you feel like being called to do all these different things, pay attention to those desires because a no right now doesn't mean a no forever. But to really ask yourself, is this something that God is calling me to do right now? Is this my purpose? Because Jesus, he did not fulfill his potential, but he fulfilled his purpose. So how can we emulate that as Christians uh, in our daily walk with the Lord? So anything else to add, Jenna, before we go to our saint? No. (laughs) I think you covered it. Dope. So who's our saint for this week? Who's someone that we can look to to uh, see how to live our purpose despite all these opportunities we might have in life. Sure. So our saint is St. Cecilia. She's my uh, my lady. I love She's her. She's confirmation saint, right? She's my confirmation saint. Um, and her story is pretty cool, but she was born in the third century. Um, and she's the patron saint of musician. I'm sorry, the second century. Um, she was the patron saint, or is the patron saint of musicians. Um, and... She's one of those saints that um, we don't have really well documentation of like her life. But what happened was in the 4th century, um, they there was a gentleman that wrote about the relationship between Cecilia and then her <clears throat> husband. Because they were trying to glorify the um, virginal. Is that how you... Virgin... Vir- Virginal. Virginal. Thank you. Not virginal, because that's a place. Um, life of, of, her, of her. Now I'm all flustered. Okay. They were trying to glorify 
what she lived because um, in that time there was a lot of popular sensual romances that were going around and so they were trying to um, portray just the beauty of her life and the beauty that can come from that and so basically this is what happened so she was born um, and the story goes that she um, was a, a Christian but nobody knew that there was um, at the time an underground kind of community because people would be killed if they discovered that they were Christian. And so... Yeah, the church was still being persecuted at this time. Yes, very heavily. And so <laughs> um, she ended up being... What is the word for that? Like um, said to wed somebody. When your family... Promised. Like, you're promised. promised yeah. Thank you. Um, she was promised to a gentleman who was not Christian and who did not know that she was Christian. And so, um, on their wedding day, she was, um, told to sing about the gods, plural. And so instead she sang about God, but very, in a very like secret way. So she just sang about the Lord. And so, um, nobody really picked up on it. And so she went through with her marriage, but on her wedding night, Valerian, who was her now husband, um, she told him that she was promised, she had promised the Lord that she would stay a virgin. And he questioned her and was like, well, why? Who are you promising to? And she said, well, I'm a Christian, um, so I promised myself to God. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, by the way, I have a guardian angel that will kill you. If you try anything. Dope. <laughs> Super dope. So, Ladies, if you ever can't get a guy off you at the bar, I would highly suggest using that uh, potential line, you know? I have a guardian angel. <laughs> and she told him that she could see him. And Valerian questioned that and said, well, I want to see him. Let me see him. She said, the only way that you're going to see him is if you become a Christian and you become baptized. And so he um, said, okay, let's do this. And so he went, and at the time, because it was an underground church, basically, there was a pope, but it was very um, small church, and so he was local. Uh, so he went and visited the pope and become <laughs> Christian, and he went then and told his brother what had happened and told him that his wife is a Christian, he is now a Christian, and he can now see this angel who carries around a sword and protects Cecilia. And so, pretty cool. His brother then says, all right, then baptize me. And so they went to the Pope and he was baptized. And so what him and his brother promised to do was they, um, because so many Christians were being persecuted and killed, they decided that they would then go and bury all of the Christians that were executed. And so um, that was kind of their mission and their purpose in life. And then for Cecilia, she would um, was known for carrying around a harp and playing music and um, speaking to others and bringing them into this underground church. And um, she brought in about 400 people, I believe. Wow. Said, said to bring in about that many. Um, and so, of course, in the end, she was discovered. Um, and what they tried to do initially to execute her was put her in this uh, bath chamber and turn up the heat. And so they kept throwing on fire. And for three days, um, she was in this bath chamber and was supposed to basically be burned to death because of the steam. Um, and the entire time she sat in the room and sang and was not even, didn't even break a sweat. 
Mm. And so the executioner came back in and they tried to behead her three times and she did not die. And um, for three more days she sat and she bled to death. Um, But that entire time she was said to be singing and just praising the Lord. Um, Let's see. Is there anything else about that that was cool? I mean, that's all pretty I mean, cool. It's pretty cool. She was, <laughs> they tried to decapitate her, but she wasn't. She just didn't. Um, so eventually, she ended up dying. But what is cool about Saint Cecilia, which I did not know when I learned today, was that um, officials in 1599 exhumed her body, and they found her to be an incorrupt, or to be incorrupt, and so she was actually the first of all incorrupt saints. To be discovered. Yeah, wow. which is really, really cool. That's awesome. So... And she's probably the oldest as well. Because the oldest I knew about before that was like a third century martyr. It's in the He's in the Vatican. I think he's unnamed. Oh. Yeah. So the fact that she's That's older. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And the reason we picked St. Cecilia is because I mean, she was a noble woman. And she was promised to Valerian, who was, I think, a military leader, right? Like a prominent military leader or something like yes, that. Yes, that's who it so was. So they had all of these. She had all the opportunity in the world, really, at her time yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. to yeah. kind of fit into the cultural framework of the time, um, to kind of set aside her Christianity for her own purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, all these opportunities, um, all this potential, and yet she stuck so firm to her purpose that these supernatural things happened in her life. And I think that's true when that happens to us. You know, things like this still happen where miraculous things um, and and things that we might just assign to coincidence happen because we're really um, firm on what God has called us to do. And so I want to encourage you if you're listening to this, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel anxious, worried about all the things before you, a choice that you have to make, uh, things that you could be doing, feel like you should be doing, um, to, to take refuge in that question is this my purpose and to really pray into that and discern and not 10 years down the line but to really know that like your purpose is to glorify god and be the person you were created to be as his son or his daughter in whatever vocation he's called you to in this present moment so how can you be faithful to that what does god want you to do in the next 10 minutes how can you glorify him in the next 10 minutes and then take the next 10 minutes and the next 10 minutes and things will fall into place in a way that they haven't before if you feel kind of pent up in anxiety and worry. So that is St. Cecilia. That is our episode. Um, we hope that you will fulfill your purpose in life. And I think I talked about this before. Formed has a lot of um, uh, audio books or readings. Um, and there's one really cool thing that they also have is the audio theater where you can learn about the saints and they'll, they'll, di- they'll do like the stories of the saints in their mm-hmm. lives and act them out. And one of them is St. <clears throat> Cecilia's and hers is a really, really, really cool story to listen to. It's only like two hours maybe. Um, only so, two hours. Oh it's God. like a movie. It's great. So, if, but if you have like a long commute or yeah, not, which you, know, you like, said only, I thought you were going to say like I 10 was, minutes. I was going to and then I said, oh wait, no, it's pretty long. <laughs> it's actually kind of long. Oh, um, but it's worth it. But it's worth it. It's really, really good. So if you want to listen to more Saints Lives in kind of a theatrical setting, there you go. Nice. Formed.org. Look up St. Cecilia. Um, and please look up our information, our website, manafoodforthought.com. Check out our blogs, our old vlogs. You can get all of our podcasts on there, all the way back to episode one. 
Um, and please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It helps other people find it. Share it with your friends, with your family, anyone that you think could benefit from this episode or any of our others. Uh, and if you want to support our podcast, if our podcast has helped you in any way, um, consider supporting us financially for as little as $1 a month uh, by going to our website, clicking on the Patreon tab on the homepage and uh, contributing that way and you'll get access to exclusive content, our merchandise as soon as it's finalized. We have a uh, final logo in the works. We're excited to reveal it uh, and print it on things and send them to all of our patrons. Uh, so thank you for your patience with that and your prayers as um, we're guided in, in trying to make something that continues to glorify God in all that we do um, in this avenue of, of ministry that he's called us to. Um, and so continue to pray for us as we pray for you. And until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you.